1: Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for a piston, not look. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. <laughs> Here we go. It is a daily tip from BetQL, presented by MGM. Great to have you with us here on a Wednesday. Coming up in the next three hours, we will recap NBA Tuesday for you before we get into the college football playoff rankings, which have just been released. That's coming up at 620. We'll also do our best to pick some winners in the NBA at 640. During the 7 o'clock hour, we will play read and react in the NFL and decide if the Broncos are actually a playoff team. Can't believe I'm saying that at 720. Our good friend Lucy Verge will drop by for all things betting and pop culture. Survivor Pool comes your way at 740. And finally, at 8 o'clock, our early look at the best games on the schedule this week in the NFL. BetQL's Kate Constable drops by at 820 and the Dogster at 845. Also, don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at BetQL app and Daily Tip. MGM. Chelsea, how are you on this Wednesday
2: good morning it is your friday sir so i would imagine you have to be in kind of a good mood because you've got another long weekend ahead of you must be nice must be nice
1: chelsea i'm not doing it for me i do it for others this is the lovely catherine's mother's 70th birthday so we're going to south carolina early tomorrow morning we started getting ready for the weekend last night celebrating a little bit had a bottle of wine trying not to get too excited then I held off went to bed and said one more day at work but yes I'm in a very good mood just because I love going down to visit mom and Catherine's mother and we've got a whole shindig planned so it's going to be a whole of it down there as I've said before she's the belle of the ball and we got a huge party family's going to be there friends are going to be there we got a few days of festivity. so yeah I'm very excited but I'm going to miss you in be, this show very much.
2: Oh, I'm sure. I know you will be sulking the entire time and saying, man, I, I wish I could be setting my alarm right now for 2.45 a.m. I wish I could be typing notes for hours on end for a show. But no, I guess I will drink alcohol and celebrate someone's <laughs> birthday. That sounds nice, exactly. too. Jenks, not to yeah. be a one-upper, but big mm-hmm. news in our household. We oh, got a it. second small Christmas tree for our entryway. How many Christmas trees do you think are appropriate? Like we have the one big one, but of course I have been succumbing to influencers on Instagram who have Christmas trees all over their house. So I was like, okay, we've got a little nook right by the door. Yeah, Why don't we put a little tall and skinny one there? So we have like a Victor Wimbignana type tree that's like real tall and skinny um, (laughs) by our stairs in the front. Am I going over the top? Am I like one of those basic girls on Instagram that spends way too much on Christmas decorations?
1: You cannot sell me on anything that is too much Christmas. I'm all in on Christmas. So now if I walked around your house hypothetically and I saw four Christmas trees, I'd be like Chelsea. This isn't a Macy's. What are we doing here? This is your home. Macy's. Okay. Is there? Can I go over here? Is a is there a, can I look at some watches? Do you have a room where I can just look at watches over here or something? Do you have a men's suit collection that I should look at? But I would say an extra Christmas tree because you have a very nice home from what I've seen. And it's new. So And it's beautiful. So I would say if you have room for an extra tree, go for it.
2: and also like i said it's not a massive tree it's like the tall and skinny version so it's just a little pop when you walk in the door because everybody's setup is different and i am a little jealous of the people who have that like massive entryway that has like the stairs Mm -hmm. that come down and then the really big tree but then sometimes those people don't have like high ceilings in their living room so like i kind of like having the high ceilings in my living room and as i am saying this i know i have never sounded more like a suburban housewife ever it's like well you don't yeah. want the high ceilings in the front you want the high ceilings in the back uh i've also never sounded more white than i sound right now which is fine <laughs> i understand uh so i will stop myself
1: no i say go for it chelsea <laughs> you lean into it all the way i i love christmas like i love christmas and now i'm ready for christmas i hate it when people skip over thanksgiving thanksgiving was great but now is the time to lean into Christmas and you got an early gift last night Chelsea. another dub
2: another dub
1: another what sucks dub. now
2: is I have to bet on something tonight that I don't want to bet on and have to ruin my streak
1: <laughs> uh but
2: yeah I had the Knicks big favorites over the Hornets last night and I like this game even if LaMelo Ball was playing But Mm -hmm. we knew he was doubtful for this game. And now it looks like he's going to miss extended time. That was the update I was waiting for. Betting on the NBA, Mm -hmm. sometimes you're playing roulette, kind of hoping for the right injury update if you're betting early in the morning. But I think the takeaway for me is, well, number one, I won that bet. New York won 115 to 91. That was a pretty easy winner. It 11 and a half point favorites. But we joke around about the play-in tournament, and it is Mm -hmm. very stupid. Like, Let me be perfectly clear. If you need an explainer on the rules and you have to read it multiple times, and it's not just the casual fans who are struggling with this. This is people who work in NBA media who literally have to have a sheet in front of them to say all Mm -hmm. of these crazy rules. But last night, points differential was in play because points differential was the tiebreaker for some of these teams to advance to the next round. So we could use that to our advantage and say, okay, the team's, that can blow out the teams they're playing are certainly going to do that. We definitely saw that with the Celtics last night. They won by like 30 yeah. points. Um, so I think it is something different that you can use to your advantage moving forward. Anytime there is something that throws off averages and throws off the normal flow of games, the sports yeah. books aren't going to adjust the lines. And I think we had a huge advantage last night. I just wish I would have went a little bigger on it and kind of trusted my theory there um but something to know moving forward the nba play in tournament is stupid but there are ways and advantages (laughs) for betting on those games
1: you're absolutely right about that this whole point differential thing is a huge consideration so nice job on your bets again chelsea i'm having a very meh week i'm grinding right now i went one one and one last night Had Oilers money line against Vegas. That was close. Oilers win 6-5 in a shootout. Had Panthers Leafs over 6. I love that bet. Not even close. Leafs win 2-1. That was an L. Had Rockets plus 6 against the Mavs. The Mavs win 121-115. That was a push. Couple dubs for the Dogster, though. Georgia Tech hosting Mississippi State under 139 and a hook. Georgia Tech wins 67-59, 106 points. Or 36, I should say. So that is a dub for the Donkster. Also, Thunder plus three and a half at the Timberwolves. T Wolves win 106-103. So the Donkster covers by the hook there. That means for the week you are two and zero, oh, pristine. I'm one three and one, and the Donkster is three and one. It is a daily tip from L, presented by BetMGM. Let's talk about what we saw last night in the NBA, including the results from the in-season tournament. The Celtics crushing. The Bulls 124.97 Celtics laying 12 and a half points. They are minus 800 on the money line. Total set at 219. The over hits. Jalen Brown 30 points to go along with eight boards. Jason Tatum 21 and seven. All five starters score in double figures for Boston. That includes Al Horford back after a two-game absence. He drops 14. As a team, the Celtics drop 21 three-pointers. That is a season high, and they advance to the quarterfinals of the end season tournament and they win a three-team tiebreaker with the magic and nets because of what you were talking about that point differential
2: so now what do you think the theory is moving forward do you think players and teams care about this tournament because judging on the amount of minutes that these starters are playing i would say <laughs> they care about it right like There were teams that were trying to run up the score last night because I think that was the big question about the end-season tournament was who is truly going to be motivated here? And right now, it looks like players are motivated. Like Maybe they're not yeah. as motivated as the NBA Finals, but it does appear that these teams want to be in this end-season tournament and the Celtics advance after this absolute beatdown of a Bulls team that's looking very lost right now.
1: Oh, they look awful right now. DeMar DeRozan, 19 points in the loss for the Bulls. Let's head out west to Sacktown where the Kings edge the Warriors 124-123. The Warriors cover by a point. They were getting two points. Kings minus 135 on the money line. Total set at 238. The under hits. Malik Monk comes off the bench to score 21 points and then does this with seven seconds to play. Kings have a chance to take the lead here. Wiggins with five fouls. Monk drives on and Monk hangs. He certainly does call courtesy of ESPN. The Kings were down 24 points in this game. They rally back to Aaron Fox also adds 29. Steph Curry does have a chance to win it at the buzzer for Golden State. He misses a corner three. So the Kings go four and oh during group play. They advance to the quarterfinals of the in season tournament as well. They play New Orleans on Monday. I I'm giving out this information because it's my job, but it's really hard for me to say, oh, Guess what? Tournament continues on Monday. Kings and Pelicans. I'm doing all that I can to try and convey this information with enthusiasm, Chelsea. It's hard.
2: We know. We know, Jace. You hate the NBA in season tournament. But I will say this will be good experience for young teams that need it, Mm -hmm. like the Sacramento Kings. Because look at them last year. They were the surprise of the West. A great regular season team. But when it came to the postseason, It just felt like they were a year away. So maybe this is a chance for some of the young teams to get kind of pseudo postseason experience. It's not the same thing, but still maybe environments like this. And even if it was a regular season game, these are the type of games that kind of sharpen young players when it goes down to the final minute. Obviously you got lucky that Steph Curry missed the final bucket, but still a good one and a good win for the Sacramento Kings. And I don't think this is a, is this a rivalry? I don't think it is, but I feel like moving forward, it might be. Cause I feel like the Kings are going in like a great direction and the Warriors are getting a little older. Like look at the Warriors lineup last night. This was their lineup. They had Draymond Green, Kevon Looney, uh, Wiggins, Curry and Thompson. Like that's their guys. They didn't have anybody out. It looked like for this one. Uh, So down the stretch, this is going to be a fun uh, matchup to watch between the Kings. And the Warriors.
1: I agree with that. Maybe a changing of the guard out West. Andrew Wiggins 29 and 10 for Golden State. Clay Thompson adds 20 in Dallas. Little Texas two-step between the Mavericks and the Rockets. The Mavs went 121-115. Line closed at Mavs minus four, so they cover that number. Mavs also minus 170 on the money line. Total set at 227.5. The overhits. Massive night for Luka Doncic. 41 points, 9 boards, 9 assists, falling just short of his 59th career triple-double. Kyrie Irving drops 22 of his 27 in the second half. The Mavs had already been eliminated from the in-season tournament, but with this win, they prevent the Rockets from advancing. Houston, been great at covering the number didn't last night, but they are still winless on the road this year.
2: What do you think it has to What do you think has to happen for Luka Doncic to win MVP? Because it feels like he is one of mm. the favorites to win it every single preseason. But then the season rolls around. He puts up monster numbers. I don't think anybody's accusing him of not scoring enough. But do you think the Mavericks as a team have to be better? Because I kind of go back yeah. and forth. I feel like the NBA, like you kind of have to play for a good team. But I feel like we've had some players that have played for like not the best teams, but teams that are playoff teams. Do you think luka can win mvp or do you think it's gonna go to yet another big man
1: i think it's gonna go to yet another big man i also would say this and maybe this is too simplistic to say can you imagine luka Doncic going his entire career without winning an mvp i feel like that would be impossible well, it's possible but you know what i mean he's so good mm-hmm. and so brilliant i i can't imagine that he doesn't grab at least one in his career is this the year I don't know, but the Mavs do have to be good enough. I feel like, unlike other sports in the NBA, your team has to be good for you to win the MVP.
2: Well, we've seen one thing from the writers, is that when they feel like somebody should win the MVP, they give that person the MVP. Isn't that what we saw last year with Joel Embiid? I think so many people saw him have so many good years and I said well he needs to win an MVP at some point right so let's just give it to him this year it's not like he had (laughs) a bad year he certainly was you know one of the top three candidates it's just in retrospect you look at the year that Nikola Jokic had and it feels like he was simply punished because he won it the year before so maybe we'll see something like that from the voters when it comes to Luka Doncic but I don't know he's going to continue to put up monster numbers uh, we'll see if it results in an MVP.
1: Well, while we're talking about the Mavericks and before we go to break, we should mention Mark Cuban is selling his majority stake in the team to the Adelson family, which is a casino magnate. And they would own 57% of the team based on a valuation of $3.5 billion. However, Cuban bought the franchise back in 2000, would still control the franchise and keep basketball control as well, so still in charge of the team. Coming up next, we knew Georgia would have the top spot on lock, but what other changes have we seen in the new college football playoff rankings? That is next on the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Stay
0: Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the daily tip, presented by Bet MGM, with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Come on! Come on!
1: Come on! Double D, you turn that up for me. She is Chelsea Messenger. I'm Michael Jenkins. Coming up shortly, the latest college football playoff rankings are out. What it means for the rest of the season. Chelsea, we all know about the Duke's Mayo Bowl, right? If you win the Duke's Mm -hmm. Mayo Bowl, you get a huge vat of mayonnaise dumped on you. Well, the Pop-Tarts Bowl is taking it a step further because... They will have the first-ever edible mascot. So if you win the Pop-Tarts Bowl, there's a Pop-Tart mascot, and the winning team will be encouraged to take a bite out of the mascot. He's got these googly eyes, a big Pop-Tart walking around. And then if you win, you run over to the mascot, and you start eating the mascot. Is this a good idea?
2: I think so. It sounds delicious other than the fact that they can't choose the flavor. Because if you win the Mm, Pop-Tarts Bowl, you should be able to choose whichever flavor you want. Because certain flavors are way better than others when it comes to Pop-Tarts. Because I think they decided on berry. Like, come on. You're not going to do frosted strawberry? The OG of them all? So for Pop-Tarts flavors... How does the pecking mm-hmm. order go for you? Because obviously I hinted at it. Frosted strawberry has to be number one. Oh, I okay. like the brown sugar cinnamon one just for a okay. change of pace. And then I think there's one called hot fudge Sunday that tastes like dessert. Maybe it's a little too sweet for breakfast, but it's also very good. Do you have any like kind of wild flavors of Pop-Tarts that you actually like?
1: No, I'm very, I'm very basic. I like what I like, and I always go back to it. Brown sugar, oh baby, mm-hmm. that's my jam. I used to crush brown sugar pop tarts, and then you want to put butter on top and just make it just as fatty oh. as possible. Oh, even better, yeah. Why do you need butter? So, because it makes it even more delicious. That's why. You ever tried one? Hey, Paula Dean. That's the South. I'm telling you, Catherine's mother used to do that. Sheila was talking about how when she was younger, she would bake the Pop-Tarts, toast them, and then put a little little bit of butter on top. And I used to do that as well. And I thought, that is genius. That's delicious. It's terrible But you for can't
2: you. do it. You can't do it with the frosted kind though, right? Like, can you Why only not? do it with the unfrosted? The butter wouldn't no, seep into anything.
1: Oh, it's just sitting there on top. It's a glaze. It's a butter glaze. It's a butter glaze, oh. Chelsea what do you like Mm. you like the fruit stuff strawberry pop tarts blueberry blackberry yeah raspberry all the berries
2: strawberry duh i do like blueberry Uh. i think that's a good change of pace flavor too because the thing with pop tarts is you can't just eat frosted strawberry your whole life like you gotta venture out because for a while there they were going with Mm -hmm. all kinds of wild flavors they had like strawberry shake or you know rainbow sherbet or like these crazy Gross. flavors and it's like all right we know you put some food coloring in this but i'm not sure if it's gonna taste any different it's like m&ms mm-hmm. they're like ooh, what's your favorite m&m they all t- taste exactly the same so some of those pop tart flavors i feel like they're fishing a little bit
1: yeah i agree with that the one thing i am worried about when it comes to this pop tarts mascot i mean there's going to be a guy inside this mascot so if too many players take a bite he could get hurt like at first it's funny he's got this crust around him people are taking bites and then you know enough of the pop tart is eaten and all of a sudden someone chomps into his shoulder and he's trying to stay in character All of a sudden a defensive lineman's chewing on his arm gotta be careful there everybody's going to want to buy to the pop tart after a win
2: god it sounds like the gingerbread man in track when people are eating ow (laughs) ow i'm a real boy Ow! i'm a person ow 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 do you think people will actually do this though because at thanksgiving when they did the turkey legs for the cowboys players they look like they didn't even want to eat it. Like, they took the ceremonial bite. And I know mm-hmm. Dak kind of had his his little appetizer during the game because that game was such yeah. a blowout. But do you think players will actually do this?
1: Yeah, I do. They're college kids. The pros, maybe not. They've been there, done that. But if you're a college kid, particularly if you're a second or third stringer, you haven't played much, what's the one thing you want to do? I'm getting a bite of that Pop-Tart, by God. I'm a kid. I got nothing going. And I'll tell that he'll tell that story. Oh, you know, when I was a third string safety for NC State, nothing wrong with the Wolfpack. Just using this as an example. We won the Pop-Tarts Bowl. And then when it was over, I was the guy who took the biggest bite out of the Pop-Tarts mascot. And we're like, yes, we know, Jerry. We know you've told it 30 times.
2: You should never be bragging about winning the (laughs) Pop-Tarts Bowl. Like, I'm sorry. Correct. Like, I know it means something to somebody, but, like, let's not be the guy down at the bar with, like, the Letterman's jacket and be like, yeah, we won the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Yeah, okay. Like, you won the Pop-Tarts Bowl, but let's not go over the top about it. But now that we said that, NC State will probably play in it. Do you know the teams (sighs) that are, like, supposed to be in this one? Like, it sounds right up NC State's alley.
1: I think it's ACC Big 12. That's just off the top of my head. Bill's going to research this very, oh, quick. We're
2: gonna very play quickly. We're going to play this, and it's
1: going to be Our executive producer, Bill Rowland, is on the case right now. He fired up the old computer machine. Uh, currently right now, CBS projecting Notre Dame versus Oklahoma State. That's a hell of a game right like, there. Let it's me actually go. a good. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it is. That means good for Oklahoma State to lose this weekend. Good for the Pop-Tarts Bowl. They need a good matchup like this. Tell us if the new college football playoff rankings are out. And not a ton of surprises. Georgia 1, Michigan 2, Washington 3, Florida State back in the top four. They are fourth. Oregon is fifth. Ohio State sixth. Texas is seventh. Followed by Bama, Missouri, and Penn State. I'm so angry at these rankings right now. What was your takeaway when these were released last night?
2: I'm wondering what happens if Florida state wins because judging by these rankings, they would be in correct. But I don't think people want to see that Florida state with a backup quarterback. And I guess we will see if the team truly is good and they win the ACC championship against Louisville. I guess you cannot argue and say that they don't deserve a spot, but of Mm -hmm. those three teams or of those four teams in the top four, isn't that the only question mark? Like you can't really question Georgia. I guess if they lose to Alabama, maybe there arises some questions, but they are the number one team. So clearly the committee likes Georgia a lot. Then you look at Michigan, probably not going to lose in the Big Ten championship game. Washington is a tricky one because obviously that Pac-12 game is massive, but that kind of guarantees that a team from the Pac-12 is going to be in. So isn't the number four spot kind of the one that's up for grabs?
1: Yes, I agree. And... It's going to be chaos, or it needs to be chaos for Texas to get in. I think Texas is getting the old screw job when it comes to Oregon here. I think Texas is going to be left out. But ultimately, I I think think Florida State gets upset this weekend. Now, the committee did say, and I think this is fair, that they're not going to punish Florida State for the loss of Jordan Travis. Nor should they, because Jordan Travis is not the only guy on that team. It is a team sport, so you can't project, okay, well, if they win, they're probably not going to get very far in the playoff, not going to win without their star quarterback, but you can't punish the team. So I understand that. What I don't understand, Chelsea, is that the committee has these guidelines and they say, well, strength of schedule matters. Big wins over top 25 opponents matter. Common opponents matter. And that's, that's not what we're seeing here. I know I'm a Texas guy but there's no way that Oregon should be ahead of Texas. Seriously. Does strength of schedule matter? Okay, Texas is number 2 in the country. Oregon is number 52. It's supposed to matter? I guess it doesn't. Common opponents are supposed to matter. Oregon beat Texas Tech 38 to 30. Texas beat Texas Tech 57 to 7. So, when I see the committee chair go on the air, And talk about how Bo Nix has a high completion percentage. So what? Or Oregon's looked really good. So what? Is this the eye test? Or are you actually going to follow the criteria that you laid out here? So I think Oregon is probably going to get in. Unless maybe Washington wins that game. And then Oregon has two losses. But if Oregon wins and they're a nine and a half point favorite over Washington. Oregon will get in. Over Texas, despite the fact that by every metric, Texas should be in over Oregon. And that's what makes me mad. Why are you talking about Bo Nix's completion percentage? What in the hell does that have to do with a college football playoff ranking? I don't understand.
2: Well, if you're mad, don't you think Ohio State fans are probably mad too? Because they've had a tough schedule and they're behind Oregon. And don't they only have one loss?
1: Yeah, that's true. I think Ohio State is going to get passed up by virtue of the fact that they're done playing, right? So a 12-1 and mm-hmm. Texas team will jump over Ohio State. But I still think it's ridiculous that the Buckeyes are ahead of Texas and, frankly, ahead of Bama. So you lost that game, you should drop down. And the teams that lost early in the season should be ranked ahead. Again, this goes for a lot of teams, but I just don't necessarily see them saying – well, these are the criteria. Again, we're following this criteria. Another member of that committee said, We're not looking at the most deserving teams. We're looking at the best teams. Well, that is, what? that means once again, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Well, I swear to God. And so I'm like, What well, if then Santa that means, did that? What if yeah, Santa was
2: I'm like, like, I'm not giving it to the most deserving kids. Right. I'm giving it to the best kids.
1: What? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, that's what it said. That's it, a direct quote. We're not giving it to the most deserving. This is about the best teams. So, again, you're admitting, oh, best teams based on what? The eye test. So, this is supposed to take away the eye test. But when they say that it doesn't matter, style points obviously matter here.
2: Yeah, even though I think the argument of teams like Ohio State, and I think you're right because they're not playing in a championship game. It's really going to cost them. But if your only loss is to a team in the top four, like shouldn't that count for something? That your only loss is to one of the best teams in the country? Like, because Ohio State, their one loss is to the number two team according to these very rankings. And I guess you could say the same thing for Oregon, um, even though you're right, like looking at the rest of their schedule. I think a lot of it depends on how tough you think the Pac-12 is you know, top to bottom. I do yeah. think there's some good teams in the Pac-12, um, but maybe not top to bottom. So it will be interesting to see how this shakes out. But at the end of the day, it is not my opinion. It is not your opinion that matters. Right. Unfortunately, it is the opinion of the committee. And I will say this, at least we will get, I think, three deserving teams, at least. Mm-hmm. Like, I am excited to see Georgia and Michigan And a team from the Pac-12. Like, I'm not so sure Mm -hmm. about Florida State, but, like, the game, like, pick of of all these teams, and I know you'll probably pick Texas versus somebody, but of all these teams, what's the matchup that you really want to see? Like, doesn't everybody want to see Georgia versus Michigan?
1: I think so. That's the one, right? These have been the best two teams all Mm -hmm. season long. It seems like they've been on a collision course. So I feel like that that's the one matchup These look like the two best teams in the country, right? So I have no issue at all with Georgia or Michigan. And I think either one of them could win the national title. I think it's those two. And then there's a drop down as far as quality goes. I wouldn't be stunned if maybe Oregon, maybe Washington slipped in because they have the talent, but Ohio state's done. I I do think it's Georgia and Michigan and then everyone else.
2: Do you think there is a certain team that matches up particularly well with Georgia or Michigan? that like, you would like to see them get in there just because you think they could actually beat those teams? like Because certain teams just have certain mm-hmm. strengths that kind of match up different against different teams. Is there anybody that you see here that you think could kind of cause chaos? Because I do think that's probably going to be the championship game, Georgia versus Michigan.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, I got to think about this. I, I think Texas could be a problem. I really do. But the problem is they're not going to get in. I don't think they're going to get in. So, if you're talking about teams that could actually get in there and maybe make a run, it's got it I think it just has to be what if Bama wins? Maybe it's Bama. Yeah. If Bama beats Georgia, Bama's getting in. I would be stunned. They're going to put Bama in if they beat Georgia. And then you could say, "Well, oh, Texas yeah. beat Bama, shouldn't Texas be in?" It doesn't matter. They will put Alabama in. So, it's still Alabama. Alabama's strength of schedule Right behind Texas, of all the teams remaining in the college football playoff rankings, they're at number 15. They played a very difficult schedule. Maybe Bama is the team. We always act like Alabama has fallen off. Not necessarily the case. Coming back to the show, if Russell Westbrook doesn't fight anyone in the crowd, maybe the Clippers get a win tonight against the Kings. We are talking basketball. Next to the Daily Tip from Becky Bell, presented by Adam G.
0: Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM, on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip, presented by BET MGM. With Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL network. Do it!
1: Good morning, everyone. Daily Tip, QL, presented by BET MGM. I'm Jinx. She is Chelsea. We're going to talk some NBA here in just moments. The Nuggets returning home to the Mile High City, but will their MVP be on the court with them? A look at tonight's NBA schedule is ahead. Chelsea, I had something really odd happen to me over the weekend, and I just want your advice here because I don't want to name names. I'm not going to give a gender, but there is a friend of mine who I've known for a while. We're not close, but we're friends. And this person reached out to me the night before Thanksgiving, DMs me on Instagram, and says, hey, I have, I'm have. i about to put you in a terrible spot. So, ha, ha, hi. And I'm like, okay. I don't know. I, I thought it was a joke. So this person writes back, Asking me for money and saying, My significant other left. This person took all my money and I'm about to get evicted. So I'm essentially asking you for money. And I'm like, Well, first of all, this is not a family member and I would love to help my friends when I can. It's not a close friend. And Finally, this person has a job, is employed. I know that for a fact. So, and then tried to turn it around on me. And I was like, hey, I'm really sorry. I've been there as far as a breakup is concerned. You're in a tough spot. It's difficult. And then it was kind of turned around on me. Like, "I, I well, you've probably never been in this situation. Just forget it. And I showed this to Catherine. I'm like, "What? What? what is this? Have you ever had this situation happen to you? Because I don't, and I feel weird now. I kind of feel insulted. Not that someone would ask, but that it was kind of turned around like, oh, you just don't understand. Uh, I don't know. I try to be the best person I can be. I want to help people when I can. But that, you're right. You did put me in a terrible spot. In fact, it was after midnight. So it was Thanksgiving Day. I'm getting this message. It was just strange all the way around.
2: Well, if this person isn't even one of your close friends, that's way out of line to even ask this question, yeah, right? Like if you guys aren't like top 3 on your like MySpace, you know, remind, remember MySpace used to have like the, <laughs> the ranking top of your friends.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, if it, if this person is not in your top 8, they should not be asking you for money. They're right. They're putting you in a very weird position, especially yeah. for somebody who, like you said, has a job and you would think there would be other people they could ask. And, like, do they think you're made of money? Like, I know you make good money, but, like, you know, you didn't go public with your IPO or something. Because it would be one thing if people saw the headlines and they're like, Michael Jenkins makes $340 million. (laughs) Like, that would be one (laughs) thing. I would understand. But this seems very out of left field. And now I'm starting to see why this person was broken up with because of these gaslighting (sighs) techniques,
1: right? Yep. Well, that's the thing, and I – it was the the ask is I feel bad if you're in that situation, but it was sort of turning it around like, well, I'm trying to be empathetic, and then it was almost using my empathy against me and saying, oh well, you haven't been here where I am. I'm like, well, no, but I I have been in a situation where I've been in a terrible breakup, went through a bad divorce, and money's low, and you don't know what you're gonna do. Like I've been in that spot, so I I understand what that is about. It's terrible. And so I'm I'm trying to show some understanding, and then it's like, well, you don't, you don't understand my position. I'm like, well, no, but I'm 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 trying. And so I think that's what got me. And then it was just, oh, just forget about it. It's like, okay, that's really weird.
2: Well, also, have they ever done something big for you? Like that's no. the only instance where I could say, okay, they did you some massive favor years ago, but it doesn't sound like that's the case. Like if it no, has not been not reciprocated where they have not mm-hmm. been like some great friend to you, like why, it just doesn't make any logical sense to me.
1: Yeah. I've helped out friends before. I had a buddy who was having back surgery, couldn't pay his rent. And I was, you know, I helped him out. He was a close friend. I was like, I let me do what I can to help you. Cause I love you. And I know you're going through a rough spot, but we're very close. So probably didn't anyway. ask
2: either. Right.
1: He did ask. <laughs>
2: ah uh, well he, he
1: did because usually I like, the
2: people uh... that i would be more attuned to help are the people who are not yeah. asking for it who yeah, would you know say yeah so normally those people that are your good friends are not going to ask you for money and speaking of people asking me for money i got a text i think it was yesterday from mm-hmm. nc state university asking go. me for money and i thought to myself did i not pay tuition Like, I was on a partial scholarship, but still, out-of-state tuition (laughs) was not cheap. I've seen all the upgrades. You guys are not struggling. And you're using hashtag GivingTuesday, where I feel like you should be giving to charities for people who don't have anything. And instead, Mm -hmm. you're asking me for money? Like, you get money from your students. You get money from the state. You're a state-funded school. What are we doing here?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that happened to me, too, with Texas. They're like, came to see me. I told you that woman came to see me here in D.C. And was like, and acted so interested in my career. And then at the end, it was like, do you have four friends who could donate $20,000 over the next four years? I was like, no. I don't know anyone <laughs> who could do that. I don't the know. The pyramids game? What is going on here? I do not have <laughs> money just to hand out. I Guys, I'm saving like everyone else. So strange. Okay. Let's try to put our money in the betting market chelsea how about that rockets at the nuggets tonight nuggets laying five and a half points nuggets minus 250 rockets plus 195 total set at 217 and a half nba has not been good to me i haven't bet much on the nba you got a winner last night so tell me how about this chelsea
2: well i think today is going to be tricky betting in the nba because Mm -hmm. what was the hypothesis that we were trying to theorize last night do people mm-hmm. care about the NBA in season tournament? And I feel like, judging on the results, it looks like some teams do. So the day after, it's back to the regular season. And some of these games, uh, some of these teams had to play just last night and some of these games to advance. So now it's back to the regular season. So these are the games that I'm, like, super interested in betting on. And speaking of back-to-backs, Houston was just in a game last night, played pretty closely with the Mavericks. So off the top, that kind of goes against them here, and you kind of see it in the line. They're getting three and a half here. At some point, do we think Denver is being undervalued here? Like, I am seeing the injury report, and that probably has something to do with it. There are a lot of question Mm -hmm. marks here. Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, even though it says Mm -hmm. he is upgraded to questionable. So maybe he plays, who knows? This feels like it has too many question marks for me to actually bet on it, especially when Nikola Jokic is questionable. (laughs) Clearly he is the focal point of their offense because I saw this line. I was like, all right, something's, something's up. If the Nuggets are only laying three and a half at home, something is a stray. So I don't know how to bet on this one. It does not feel like a game that I want to put my money on.
1: Yeah, I'm the same way. There's just too many question marks. And so when I see this many question marks, this just makes the NBA so tough. I I feel like with the line at five and a half, I feel like the Nuggets have been struggling. They're not the against the spread monster that they were last year. In fact, it's been just the opposite this season. But injuries have a lot to do with that. I think Joker comes back tonight after missing a couple games. It's the back end of a back-to-back for the Rockets because they were in Dallas last night. They have to go to the Mile High City and the Elevation. So I would lean... Denver minus five and a half. Jazz at the Grizz tonight. Oh my God. This game? Grizzlies minus four and a half. The Grizz are minus 190. The Jazz are plus 155. The total set at 224 and a hook. This is such a gross game. I was trying to handicap this yesterday. There is no use in picking a side here. I would not pick a side. Well, the Grizz are. Go ahead.
2: Do you really trust the Grizzlies to lay points in this situation, in any situation? Listen, the Grizzlies are bad this year. And I think this line is because Jordan Clarkson is questionable for this game. And I'm starting to see a pattern the day after the NBA in-season tournament. This is when the players are going to be like, oh, well, we're a little banged up. Uh, Maybe not the case. But still, looking at Memphis, this is a team that has yet to win a single game at home this year. The Grizzlies are 0-8 straight up at home. But I will say, as favorites this year, they've been, you know, all right. In their last three games, they have covered the number in all three. But overall, have not been good as favorites. I think it was the early parts of the season where people thought, hey, maybe they'll be all right. No, they have not been all right. This is a team that is and 3-13 straight up. So, I think if I were to play a side, it would be the points in Utah. Because I cannot make myself lay four and a half points with a team that's three and thirteen overall. No thank you.
1: I I can't go with the Jazz. I'm gonna go with the total. I'm gonna go with the under here because yes, the Grizzlies are 0-8 at home this season. The Jazz are one and seven on the road. This is a really gross game. Grizzlies, you talked about it, three and thirteen against the number. The Jazz are six and eleven against the number, so they haven't been tearing it up either. Ultimately, I like the under here. Memphis is twenty. Ninth in the NBA in offensive rating. They are dead last in three point shooting percentage. They're six and two to the under at home this season. Maybe Jordan Clarkson doesn't play for the Jazz. That takes another offensive weapon off the court. I'm gonna go under 224 and a half.
2: I think that's probably a good trend to look at the day after the NBA in season games. And I know maybe mm-hmm. it's not a factor in this one, but still, you know, when you have high intensity games the night before and some of these teams playing a back-to-back, maybe the under is the play. So I was just thinking, do we go back to that Rockets and Nuggets game and hit the under there, but it's mm. 217 and a half. So I think it's kind of built in to the number there. And then the next game we're looking at for Kings, Kings just played in a thriller against the Warriors last night. Malik Monk hit the game winner. Steph Curry missed the the potential game winner. So I don't know. Doesn't feel like a good spot for the
1: Kings. No, I think they're going to be worn out here. Although I'd love to trust the Clippers, except they had that terrible loss against the Nuggets last time out. Nuggets were playing without Jamal Murray, without Nikola Jokic, without Aaron Gordon still lost that game. What are these guys doing? Coming up next, can the Broncos really make the playoffs? We're going to play read and react and talk about it next on the Daily Tip for BetQL, presented by BetMGM.
0: Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network.